0: RadioInfluence.com
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Overcast, Never Gonna Stop Raining, Val, and
1: uh, sunny in Florida beans.
2: Oh, that's right. You're in Florida. I didn't. I keep getting things mixed up. You're going there. Did you get there already? I don't know. Anyway, I'm here
1: I'm here. Um, I was waiting for you to say number one. I was waiting for you to say one before I start.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, when counts. I can, when I count it down. Don't worry, J- Jerry can snip it off.
1: <laughs> don't say that in a room full of men. It wouldn't.
2: Yeah. Hey, Jerry, can you snip me? <laughs>
1: I hope it sounds okay. It's a little bit of a, a cockamamie configuration today, but we'll do it.
2: Well, you are uh, you're on a phone. Everybody understands, and I'm at the base station here in New York. It is overcast for a second day in a row. I think we're going to be raining all day. I hope it is. I, I it was a, such a beautiful rainy day yesterday, Tracy.
1: I, I can't use those two words in, in tandem.
2: Oh, it was so beautiful. I worked so well. It was just I don't know everyone, especially since we haven't had a lot of rain over the last year. So,
1: well, lucky you, because we've had like I told you before the extravaganza week, we had had like three weeks straight of rain every single day, every day pouring rain. Well,
2: thankfully, it got it out of its system because we had a great week.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Maybe a little shower here and there, but it was really, really nice. Um, Hey, by the way, did you happen to see the poll in New York that Lee Zeldin is like neck and neck with the tyrant with Kathy Hochul? Yeah,
2: I I did see that he's doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, it's amazing to me. It's actually awesome. Like, where's the city in this polling? I guess they don't like her either. Um, so she's,
2: she's, a, she's a terrible woman that nobody wanted. What do you want?
1: It's it, like Clinton.
2: Yeah. She, I mean, she's she's an awful, unpalatable person. So it uh, I, I have to imagine that is going to that's going to uh, not work in her favor. Now, who knows? But that, it's really great to see him in this kind of position this late in the game.
1: Yeah, it's awesome because you guys need a Zelden governor would be fantastic. Um, there are two major stories that I wanted to talk about today. As soon as we or I stopped recording on Monday, Frank, the special master was ordered in the Trump raid. Yes. And I didn't. Obviously, I was doing like the background of before that and what the judge might do. And then, of course. The judge puts her order in on Labor Day, which is super weird. Um, And it turns out that she is probably the fairest judge I've read in probably years. She actually used uh, search warrants against, I think, Giuliani and uh, Project Veritas as examples of why there needs to be a special master appointed in the Trump case. And it's interesting because the left has gone absolutely insane about this, saying how unfair it is and how it's not needed. And I'm like, if you guys are doing everything right, what's the frickin' difference?
2: Well, it, it, as I said last night, because um, I saw all of the, the screeching about how this is very controversial and he's going to get away with it again and all that crap. And it's just a matter of, you know, again, pattern recognition. Uh, nothing that they do is ever controversial. It's always in the right. It's always virtuous. And um, and, and it only becomes a problem when their selected targets, when their victims have any kind of recourse to push back against their constant molestation. So, oh, yeah. So it's, yeah, it, 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 it's a very predictable response.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they've already admitted that they've taken things they shouldn't take. They've already admitted that they've taken privilege materials between our current attorney-client privilege materials. They've admitted that they've taken his health records, tax information, surprise, surprise. And today we get another leak, which is something the judge warned about, that uh, they have to go with this nuclear thing, Frank. If if they don't have nuclear something in there, then they're idiots because they went nuts with it. So now he was trying to – he was potentially trying to sell – nuclear information to other it's just utterly insane what they're trying to say that this man was doing like yeah. trump selling state secrets come on i, I mean even the, the most stupid and idiotic person out there can't believe that that's true oh i
2: you know i i still go to drudge every once in a while to to look for weird articles articles that that might uh, have some kind of a Supernatural, paranormal flair, but as far as news goes, no. Uh, and and, there, and that is the biggest reminder. Yesterday, when I went there, and on in big bold letters on on Drudge Report, uh, it asked, "Was the Don selling?" And I'm like, "What? You? I I don't care. Listen, I'm not a Trump sycophant at all. Right. But it's so ridiculous to consider Donald Trump." Getting into office and then, you know, peddling nuclear secrets to to whoever will buy them around <laughs> the world. It is, Why
1: do that when you can just have an unsecured email server and transfer them that way? It,
2: exactly. It, I mean, remember, remember, Tracy, during those years that she had the, the Chappaqua server open, almost every last one of our assets in China were killed.
1: Oh, it, I I forgot about that yeah
2: they're killing a lot of our intelligence assets right there in the streets to send a message so uh we were definitely exposed there was definitely some transacting going on so um as far as selling goes it's just so ridiculous
1: like can we break open the Clinton Foundation's books like you know like they were trying to do I mean just, it's at a point where it's so utterly ridiculous it, it it's it's almost unbelievable again, the analogy I use of like the guys upstairs just pushing buttons to see what happens yeah it it feels like there's somebody up there just pushing buttons anyway so we get a big win in the special master. Um, I broke down some of that ruling on truth social it's really really something it's it's I, I I'm always upset that we're at a point, Frank where we have to be excited when the right thing happens. yeah like yeah we're cheering that something that should happen in our justice system is happening the way it should because it's so criminal at this point that anytime anything good happens we're excited about it yeah terrible
2: yeah i know Um, few and far between
1: way too few and far between but we got another one yesterday too um you know that case that the um attorney generals of missouri and louisiana took up against the federal government no oh gosh all right so louisiana and missouri are suing um basically all of the agencies and specific named individuals in their official capacity in the government and accusing them of stifling americans free speech by colluding with big tech to censor covid mismail mal and disinformation And so those two states say it's an affront to their constitution as well as the constitution of the United States. It's kind of like the definition of fascism. Yeah. And so that case went in and the two states are asking for right now a temporary injunction to stop the government from doing this. And so to prove that they're actually doing it, they asked the judge to grant an expedited discovery, meaning like the government has to turn stuff over in a very short period of time to bolster and buttress the complaint that they're actually engaging in something like this. So they provided a bunch of docs. It went viral, obviously, because it showed that, yes, they are working with big tech to censor Americans. And then there were some disputes over what needed to be provided by who, like, They they argued, the government argued that Fauci in his role as chief medical advisor to the president and the press secretary were exempt from providing any information under executive privilege and a whole bunch of other things that they didn't want to do. They didn't want to provide. And so the judge had to end up making a decision on that. Yesterday he did. And he said, sorry, not sorry, hand it all over and do it within 21 days.
2: That's well. Hey, it's true. It's uh, it's true that it is a violation of probably all states. I, I don't know. I have not read and examined every state's constitution. Um, but as far as the federal government goes, just the that anybody from any branch of the federal government talking about the concept of misinformation or disinformation, whatever the hell it is, they are talking about. Something that needs to be published, something that needs to be spoken, something that needs to be thought. You're talking about pre-crime in a way. You're talking about thought crime in a way. They have no jurisdiction. It's an affront to everything. So you, you can't. You can't talk about it. Um, they have no power and I'm glad that somebody's doing something about it.
1: Well, yeah, because like a whole bunch of information came out, like they said, the, the state said, hey, look, we're not looking for communications between Biden and Fauci. We're looking for communications between Fauci and Facebook and Fauci and Meta, and uh, YouTube and Google and Fauci and Twitter. And so the judge was like, you're absolutely right. Clearly, from what we've seen so far, there is a cause of action here. And the craziest thing is the Zuckerberg-Rogan interview yeah. makes perfect sense now. Yep, Because... Meta has turned over thousands of pages of information and I've gotten through a whole big bunch of it and it's insane like they have these things called bolos Frank where be on the lookout for this narrative and then it's a conspiracy theory get rid of it Wow. and it's like literally true things you know it it, it it's almost like it's Orwellian it's crazy to see this happening but this case has such implications for 230 because you know th- the government is now directing social media platforms on who they should ban who they should target and who they should take down and they had like examples of people listed in this in these documents
2: and they use they use social media which is in many ways the new the new media uh, nobody's going to television for this stuff anymore they're going they're using social media as a shield against uh what would be classified as a traditional october surprise real news about a candidate that people should know while they're at the other hand uh, the other side of things using all their assets inside the federal government to launch raids and um and fishing expeditions in places like mar-a-lago so i again no. And while they are standing on this, this, uh, this pulpit and they're talking about misinformation, disinformation and all that stuff and malinformation it's just incredible. They're always whatever they say they're usually projecting, they're usually holding up as a shield, they're usually doing themselves because they're they are in the business, the chief business that they're in is in information suppression, creation of false information, and uh and, and going after anybody who might be able to hold them to account or stand in their way.
1: No, it's 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 absolutely true. And the worst part about it is like the the agencies that were added yesterday, I have um, an article up at Uncover DC about this that I wrote like in a flurry yesterday. They're naming the, um, I mean, CIS in there. They added a whole bunch of new, they're going to add a whole bunch of new defendants. I'm gonna list what they found just by looking at the meta information that was turned over. The State Department, the FDA, the Census Bureau, the US Election Assistance Commission, the treasury department and the FBI. Why? Like it all, it all, they never needed the uh, disinformation governance board, Frank. It was just a way to be able to put like a bow on what they were already doing and make it okay. Yeah. you know, it was a cover. It was basically a cover because they knew that, you know, eventually this stuff is going to come out. And then they could they could say, well, this governance board has been working on this and it's important and blah, blah, blah. But the pushback was so great that they had to disband it. Well, that's
2: what we saw. That we, that's that's the exact kind of thing that we saw with the reverse engineering of a predicate for crossfire hurricane. Yep. they're already they're already doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And then uh when they realized that Trump was actually not going to be defeated, then there had to be predicate, there had to be something. I mean, they started reverse engineering. And this is what they do all the time. And, and again, every time that you and I, or anybody out there, sits around and starts picking through these scandals, picking through these stories, which are major stories, they're criminal stories, um, it, it just is another reminder that there is nothing that is done in government that, that serves people. It is just a a large army of people stealing money from those who create it and paying each other to go to war with each other Mm. it is it's that's the most infuriating thing you can you can take away names and faces and all the history that they have it's just the nature of government and the bigger it gets the more vicious it gets and this is all we do now this is this is this is how we spend our time
1: we spend our time more, more and more incredul- incredulously discussing government overreach into literally every different facet of our lives, and it, it it's gross. As a matter of fact, did you happen to catch that Steve Bannon is going to be indicted tomorrow in New York? Yep. Yeah, I I just saw the headlines. I
2: didn't see I didn't see really anything else. But again, they are they are insane people. They will never stop.
1: No, and they've, you know, they have taken the laws that are already on the book books. When I left the show on Monday, I played a very uh, expletive laden um, Rikita law clip about this very thing. They weaponize the laws that they have passed to put us in jail against us and don't follow the same standards. So there are so many things you could be guilty of. You could walk out of your hotel room and break a law without even knowing. it. Um, And so. They're going after Bannon for what he was pardoned for at the federal level. So they're going after him for the We Build the Wall charity. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. So they're going after him for that. President Trump pardons him on the federal level. But of course, federal pardons don't trickle down to the states. So New York is like, you know what? We'll go after Steve Bannon because this is all we do. I I oh, it's just so gross. We have basically wars if you're if depending on what state you're in. Yeah, a civil war. It's just a, it's one. I'm sorry. Like Kathy Griffin tweeted yesterday. Did you see how they're mocking her incessantly?
2: Good, good because she's she's she. I, I can't. This Ed Brimley looking idiot.
1: She 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 tweeted uh, something to the effect of "Hold on, I have it right here." It's very it's very
2: plain. You you vote for one, you get civil war. You vote for the other, you don't. And of course, the good guys are are Democrats.
1: Yeah, and what the, what what people are basically saying to her is, "So you mean to tell me that if we don't vote Democrat, you guys are going to start a civil war?"
2: She's they're stupid. <laughs> they're stupid, but they're honest in their stupidity.
1: I, I wonder if you can play a clip that I have here, Frank. Do you think you can? If I if I send it to you?
2: Uh. Wh- okay. Send it to me it, in Skype or where?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you on Skype.
2: Let me see if I can. Hopefully, I have desktop. Let me see. Man, yeah. this music plays. Hold on. I
1: have problems here, but. You hear that? No, but I don't need to hear it. You, I've already heard it. You can just tell me when it's done.
2: Okay. Oh, I have the syncopated clock playing while uh, while you send it over to me.
1: Okay, it's in the chat now. Peter Ducey throws the hypocrisy straight back, and I want you to play it for our wonderful audience, and then let me know when it's done. Oh, boy. Oh, oh,
2: that uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Boy, has she flexed a nothing muscle in her brain the last week and a half. All she does, all she does is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. her way through these intentionally obtuse press conferences. She's such a worthless person, I swear to God.
1: Well, that's what they need up there. They just need a doddering fool that will just tote tote whatever. Like, she's terrible. I mean, she's just terrible. The only person that ever asks good questions, as it is, is Peter Ducey. So here he is asking her a question about. Uh, the 2016 election.
2: Which, which, uh, there are several videos here. Which one am I what? pressing?
1: The first one. All right, here. Democracy is. Okay. Oh,
2: all right, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to hear it, Tracy.
1: That's fine. Just okay. tell okay. me what. All right.
0: Thanks, you A follow up about the MAGA Republican attention. So, if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election?
1: Look. I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today.
2: So I'm just going to stop right there. She, she. The first line was, I, uh, we're not going to go back to 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. Because, of course, 2016 was another operation we were running to be able to hopefully get to here and now. And now that we're here, <laughs> the rules have changed again, Peter.
1: Yeah, like, how dare you? It's like
2: it's like he's he's talking to a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> she's an ugly one. Oh, she's just just useless, useless. But, uh, yeah, let's keep going. Uh,
0: this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few
1: speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it
0: comes to protecting our rights and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That...
2: OK, so the, the president, blah, 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 protecting our freedoms and rights and democracies that we have none of that. So. Again, uh, the the only people who are enjoying the fruits of America are those who are stealing our money and going to war with each other inside of the government. That's it. They're the only ones that have privilege and protection and resources to do what they want.
1: You know, she basically says, well, forget Pish Posh. I wasn't talking about that. Yeah. I said our election was fraudulent, but it wasn't about that. It was it was that black people can't vote. Since when can black people like the racism in that statement alone is enough to drive me insane. Like, did you ever see the men on the street interviews where they ask um, African American people if they have licenses?
2: Yeah. It was Ari Schaefer. I think that did it.
1: Yeah. It was like, great. A, like, yeah. I mean, in, in the middle of the city where you, you couldn't necessarily drive there. Right. And he's like, I jumped on a bus. I took the 70 down to this. And then, yeah, I have a license. You need to have a license to be here to do anything basically. So this argument that voter disenfranchisement happens when you require additional, you know, information to validate who you are and that because, you know, I guess for some reason, African-Americans can't use a computer or go to the DMV or anything like that is is just.
2: Yeah. And and, and the fact that they are able to recruit people like this Jean-Pierre lady. To to go out there and to act in such a paternalistic, racist way against people of her own her own ethnic background is just a um, a testament of how insidious they all are. It's there is no there's nothing holding back a person who is a American citizen over the age of 18 from registering to vote and being able to mark on their calendar years out. When election night is, there's nothing ever holding them back. What what they what she is representing is an organization of people, a large conglomerate of organizations that is uh, looking to make sure that elections are so loosey goosey because they don't actually have the physical people to compete. They are so loosey goosey that they and their mules can go out. And, uh, and do things without the fear of really severe repercussion. So it's, uh, it's predictable and uh, shocking still to hear them revert to this stuff. That, yeah, no, 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 2016, yeah, well, that was then and this is now. And I was only referring to uh, ethnic disenfranchisement, which is complete trash. Complete, complete trash
1: because they tout the black vote all the time yeah so
2: complete trash the problem is. is that they're losing the black vote boat, boat, so they have to find they have to find new black people somewhere
1: well yeah and they're losing the hispanic vote too so right that. um i just sent you another one is 35 seconds of alan west to this topic just the other day all right
2: yeah, all right here it is
0: Would you like to clarify that? I can clarify it very easily. You can follow the money, and the money of Black Lives Matter goes back to a guy, George Soros, so that tells you one thing. And let me tell you, all lives matter. It's not just about Black Lives Matter. Okay? Now, if you really are concerned, start talking about school choice in the black community. If you really are concerned, start talking about the decimation of the black family, which I don't hear. Do not be manipulated by people that are using you as a political tool so that you can keep your own people suppressed. Get off the plantation and think on your own.
2: Think on your own. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you yell at a black man who's telling you that as you're black?
2: When you don't know anything else. This is what I'm talking about. When you don't know anything else at the same time in the here and now. You got to deal with, in many cases, violently ignorant people. And then then you have to also balance out some kind of a mournful outlook on how this was not their fault. This just wasn't there. So many people never had a shot because they were born into an abuse cycle that only benefits people. Like uh, the Bidens and all of their friends, and and this Corrine Jean Pierre only has the opportunity she has because now it is useful to hide your stupidity behind not only blackface but other uh, special interest designations like you know sexuality and all that other stuff. They they never had a shot. That in, that in itself is really upsetting. I feel bad for them, but you can't pity them too much because at the same time. We're being attacked by them, you know,
1: daily. And the crazy thing is, too, like they're always you know, we know that there's a culture war going on in the country. But there was a survey that came out today. Um, This is this is pretty amazing. Approval of interracial marriage is at a high of 94 percent, 94 percent, 98 percent of 18 to 29 year olds approve 97 percent of 30 to 49 year olds and 91 percent of 50 plus. Um, It it just means that nobody gives a crap anymore, and we're not a racist country. Okay? Yeah, and, and, and,
2: yeah. And, 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 and you know, there's a lot of people out there. You know, people who really are—they um, have been led down a wrong, a very you know, uh, murky path of you know, talking, actually falling into the trap of talking about preserving uh, you know people's races and all that stuff, and 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 being against interracial marriage. Obviously, it's a very very small group of people because a nobody cares. B even with approval of that kind of uh, marriage, which if two people love each other, that's what what is what's better than that, you know. But but the third thing there too is if you are uh, if you are um, if you're looking at this from an objective standpoint, three thousand feet up, still it's not a lot of people are interracially marrying. It's just that wherever it happens, people don't care. People naturally tend to just. Go with their own when it comes to marriage and children. That still is just a natural inclination for everybody. It's not racist. It's just natural. And when and when and when the opposite happens and people from different groups and different ethnic backgrounds get together and form families, it's becoming less and less of a taboo, which is a great thing. But they need to bring back the old days for some reason. I don't I don't understand.
1: It doesn't make sense. In 1967, 3% of married couples were interracial. Now it's 20%. Yeah. 20%. My daughter is dating an African-American young man, and he's wonderful. I think you met him, didn't you? Yeah, Johnny, right? Johnny. Yep. <laughs> Johnny Bravo, as I call him.
2: i was telling him stories about all the, the crazy Johnnies I know.
1: Oh, yeah, they're all nuts, but he's not. He's great. Actually, he is a little crazy. He has some funny, funny jokes, that kid. Um, but, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, I don't see, I don't see what the problem is. Like, and you know, clearly 97% of the country doesn't either in this horribly racist in, you know, racist indoctrination camp we apparently have here on the right. Um, none of us seem to really care uh, if people love each other and get married. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think it it's the, the same for gay marriage too. I mean, it's probably not as high, but we really don't care. Just leave us alone. Like, <laughs> Just do what you want to do.
2: Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the evidence of what is real is all over the place, and then you have the the media, which is just a uh, an ever an, an an ever flowing can of gasoline. That's just what it is.
1: Do you agree with government and marriage at all? No. Neither do I.
2: All of it needs to go. Yep. All of it needs to, and it wouldn't be. I'll tell you, there there would not be. Uh, It it just it would be so lame of a sticky. There would be no political fervor around it. And and in fact, as I said before, I I do believe that there is a large number, a large number of gay, uh, LGBTQ confusion and all this other stuff going on is all nurtured. Um, There is so much of it is nurtured. Uh, And I think that this has been a a major sticking point for it. So when you talk about that in particular, but even heterosexual marriage, uh, that gun control, they all actually had very racist beginnings. Marriage licenses were were first being issued around here in large part to prevent interracial marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, gun control in large part was implemented for the first times in this country to prevent freed blacks from being able to defend themselves. Yep. You know, it, it just just like abortion was about eugenics and, and making sure that there was a way to phase out black Americans in this country. And and, and these are institutions that have been embraced and that have just been repainted. And I, I think that uh, it's all got to go away. The only thing that matters in a marriage because it's a religious institution they have made it a political institution. Um, a, mar- a marriage has nothing to do with anybody except two the adults that are getting married. Uh, the priest, whatever, whatever their religion is, and whatever whoever is a witness in their family, it's a local community. In fact, prior to marriage licenses, uh, licensure for marriage was a uh, responsibility that was handled solely by local churches. And then that was commandeered by government when it became a bigger and bigger weapon to be wielded. So it, it needs to get back there.
1: Uh, everything needs to just roll backwards. We need to go back to the time when, you know, we didn't have all this crap and institutions weren't so big and there wasn't an unelected bureaucracy screaming at us what we should do. Um, oh, by the way, a couple of things. Number one, you know, this story that's floating around about how ivermectin was just added to the. NIH's antiviral treatment list for COVID-19. Yeah, that is false. It has been there since June of 2021.
2: So, it, so it's now, it's now getting. S-
1: somebody just must have stumbled across the page and been like, "Oh my gosh, they have ivermectin on here," and then it went viral. But I remember this because I talked about it like a year ago. And so I went to the Wayback Machine and the earliest grab of that page is June of 2021. And it's there. So they're, they're
2: saying that it's effective.
1: But they're saying it's being studied, but they have it listed there along with HCQ. Gotcha. So I just wanted to clear that up. And on that same tangent, um, we've got a little shorter show today. It's it's we got about 10 minutes. But do you ever hear of Brianna Morello? Brian no. Brianna Morello was a Fox news producer (laughs) for Maria Bartiromo and a couple other people. She, she left Fox, moved to Florida. Then she really wanted to be a producer for Tucker Carlson. That was like her dream. And they Fox like hired her back and they wanted her to move back up to New York. So she moved back up to New York and like upended her entire life to go back there. And then they were demanding that she get the vaccine. And she refused to do it. And she just came out with a sub stack explaining what happened. It says Fox Corp told me to comply with the NYC COVID vaccine mandate. So I resigned. And it's about how they basically tried to cajole her, force her, shame her into getting the shot. And she refused to do it. And then they wanted her to pay back the expenses they paid for her to move up there. But they didn't tell her before she got there that she would need it. Hmm. Huh. And now she's working for um, Emerald Robinson.
2: Ah. Well, I, I didn't hear about her story before.
1: Yeah, I'll put the sub stack in the uh, in the chat so you can put it in the show notes. But here it is. And she came out. She's been dropping stuff on Twitter. I, I, I don't know if they've banned her from Twitter just yet. But I wonder what happens if if this ruling in this court case comes through. Do they have to, like, retroactively unban all of the accounts they've ever banned? I
2: I don't know. I don't know. Um, The the, the future of. All of this is so murky because so much damage has already been done. You can't undo it. And I, I was listening to Dr. Peter McCullough in a, one of his more recent uh, appearances, I think on InfoWars or something, and he said something that you and I have spoken about that I've talked about a lot there too, but he drilled it home, rightly, and is that with every turn of every story, whether it's you know uh, health-related or whether it's anything else, there is so much that is going to be deleted just without even detection, that the Internet... Is just being wiped constantly. It's, be, it's, just put, it's being put through its own form of dialysis constantly, and and if we ever really want to give ourselves a shot at being able to preserve history as it actually unfolded for the future, uh, all these substacks, all these things, they, they've got to be put On into
1: blockchain.
2: Uh, not, blockchain I, I mean, I mean, what, what if there's an EMP? They've got to be put onto paper. Oh, yeah. People have got to self-publish. There's the, we've got to get back into publishing and at least for archival purposes. I understand that from an economic standpoint, people aren't, you know, uh, you know, barnstorming to buy books as much as we were 50 years ago. But there's got to be some kind of some kind of effort for uh, saving things for posterity. At least in
1: one place or uh, several places or in the time uh, capsule somewhere that gets buried where no, nobody will ever find it until they need to um, because like epoch, to epoch 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 whatever they have a story out today Frank about these clots that are coming out of people that are being embalmed um, this high school athlete had six feet of blood clots removed from his legs
2: my gosh that's after he died
1: no he's alive thank God and these clots are not normal. They're not like made of the same tissue or the same substance uh, as blood. They don't have um, iron in them or potassium or magnesium or any of the elements that are in human blood that would lend someone to believe that they came from a human being. It's very weird. This article is pretty amazing. It's actually unblocked from the paywall, which is surprising for Epoch Times lately. Um, And it's long. And it has all of these embalmers who are finding the same very thing. The analysis of the clots, they've been doing medical experiments on them because they're just so beside themselves. They can't believe what they're seeing. Like, if that's not written down somewhere and preserved, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's pretty crazy. Speaking of Alex Jones, though, before we end today, did you see what he said about President Trump? What? I'm going to. I'll send you this one, too, because it's something else. Uh, Like a week or two ago, he said, you've got to come out and you've got to you know, you've got to say that you didn't realize this was happening with the vaccines, that you didn't you know, you were given false information because they're trying to pin all of these injuries on you. And he basically said, I'm not doing that. Um, You know, these are it was a good thing that this happened.
2: Oh, The the president responded.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did, and I'm trying to find it right now so that you can hear it and we can play it on the show. Um, hold on a second. Hold on. Come on, come on. Adam sent it to me. I've got to find it. It's here somewhere. Here somewhere. It's terrible. He he basically and Alex Jones says I I I don't hate. I don't hate. Um, president trump i don't dislike president trump but i can't support president trump anymore because this is just completely outside of the realm of, of factual information like these things are killing people um pause it for a second
2: yeah hold on one second uh all right okay all
1: right i got it we'll end with this frank how does that sound you go ahead here we go it's a telegram uh, Thing, so let me know when you're starting.
2: Okay, hold on one second. I see it right now, and I'm starting I'm playing the whole the whole two minutes. Yep. All right.
0: You did so many good things. You fought the globalists. They hate your guts. They're setting you up. They're already leaving the sinking ship. You need to come out. And so Trump tried to call me. I missed the call. He reached out to one of his supporters, one of his advisors, and said, "Why is Alex saying this?" So I shot an emergency message about a week and a half ago to Trump. He got it, he watched it. And then I got the response back. And Trump told the people that brought it to him, I've talked to him in the meeting, and and, and Trump said, I don't want to hear about questioning this so-called vaccine again. I called it a so-called vaccine, he said, I don't want to hear about this again from anybody. I think it's good and that's it. So Trump, last Friday, in response to all of this, said, I believe what I did was good. It's an effective vaccine. It works. And that's it. Even though they admit it doesn't work. Even though they admit it's hurting people. Even though they admit it's a fraud. He still says 95% effective. And that's Trump doing that. That's not me. So I gave Trump until the 23rd of September. To Not an ultimatum, but just a a point of time to say, you're not part of this. We know the Democrats tried to make it mandatory. We know the Democrats tried to make people take it. You're against making the military take it. You're against kids taking it. That's a great thing you've done, Trump. You're already way better than them. We just don't want them to blame you now for what they've done. And his answer is, no, I back it. That's it. So I'm done talking about Trump. I'm not attacking Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm going to support people like Bolsonaro and the Sanists that are coming out saying the shot doesn't work. We were lied to. It's a fraud. I'm not against Trump. I don't hate Trump. I'm not his enemy. But he took a million bucks from Pfizer, which is not that much to be bought out by. And that's not why he's doing this. He said he's the vaccine man. He said he saved hundreds of millions of people. He led Operation Warp Speed
2: all right hold on
0: and
1: yeah
2: hey, they um, you can say it's an unforced error it's a forced error doesn't seem like he's being forced does he
1: no I, I and it's concerning to me because in the face of everything out there to be willfully ignorant of that I mean it's gonna like if there's anything I think could be his downfall at the very le- like they'll do that that would work that would work in my opinion. Yeah. So, that's a problem. But, hey, listen, we'll be back on Friday, right, Frank? What is Friday? Yes. Uh, Friday is the day that comes after Thursday.
2: Friday is the 9th. Yes, I, I believe I will be here. Yes.
1: Well, that's good. Um, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with...
2: Overcast Val and
1: always sunny in Florida beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Friday.
2: Later.
0: This is a Rock Stops here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
3: Let's bring in Pat Kerwin incredible background and uh, very, very football knowledgeable. Here he is the one, the only Pat Kerwin. So I'm involved with the draft, obviously when I'm at the jets and we know who we're going to take. We're either going to take you or me at this pick. And then we, we have it sorted out. So when we pick a player, go downstairs and tell the media why we took the player. When you do the draft for the media, like I've done for the last 17 years now, I don't know who you're going to take. And I, got to, I have to have a response to every pick. Is he a fit for this team? What's the scheme he's going to be in? What's the depth of the position? Why did they take the guy? So I've told all of my friends in the league, I said, try doing the draft for radio. It's way harder, and you have no prep time. Like, I know I'm going to draft Jimmy Miller in the sixth round. But when the sixth round comes in, in the radio world or the TV world, I'll tell you about my first draft I ever did for media. You'll laugh. When the sixth round comes, I got to be able to respond to every pick. And I sat next to Gil Brandt for every one of these drafts. And I've got my computer because I build a database and I'm ready to go. Gil just comes by himself. And we were in the seventh round about six years ago. And I finally said, I got 350 players in my database. There's 256 kids getting drafted. I don't know who this guy is. I just said, Gil, I never heard of this kid. Gil takes the mic from me and goes, well... His mom played tennis at many, uh, you know, his dad played two years in Canadian football. And, and I go, and folks, that's why he's, he's Gilbrand and I'm not. <laughs>
0: the Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.